This is To The Point with Marcus Amick, where we cut through all the noise to discuss the things that matter most driving the world of automotive sales. Let's get to it. According to research from Cars.com, 62% of all new cars sold in the U.S. are bought by women. Even more, the Cars.com study notes that women actually influence more than 85% of all car purchases. And yet, chances are, a lot of women can probably share some sort of experience they've recently had at a car dealership that speaks to how ineffective many in auto retail still are when it comes to servicing women. Kathy Droz, this week's guest on To The Point, is a journalist and speaker based in Phoenix who has spent her 50-year career in the automotive industry writing and consulting on this very issue. Her book, A Woman's Guide to Buying a Car with Confidence and Street Smarts, Don't Let These High Heels Fool You, is centered on providing women with the insight they need when shopping for a vehicle. Kathy's company, Her Certified, which stands for Honesty, Excellence, and Respect, is widely considered as one of the industry's first comprehensive certified dealer programs aimed at helping dealerships better serve female car buyers. So, hi, Kathy. Thank you for joining us and To The Point. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, Kathy, let, let's get straight to it. So, where has traditional auto retail missed the mark when it comes to women buyers? And, and how has that changed over the years? Okay, that is a great question, Marcus. So I have been basically involved in the auto industry buying cars. I won't go into it, but starting at age 17. So you can imagine the 1960s to where we are now. I've seen changes. Some of them have been uh, their attitude towards women as actual buyers, employees, and uh, it's kind of, it goes through a cycle. So all of a sudden they realize that um, women are not just the ornament that the husband brings in uh, to see if they like the color of the vehicle back in the 60s, maybe 70s, and even further up. Um, we have now come to the point where they realize that women obviously influence 85% and probably by uh, during COVID, it went from 65% to 75% women purchasing. Uh, they are the ones that purchase the vehicle, their money. So um, it has changed in that sense. What has not changed, Marcus, to my, uh, in my view and my research, is the fact that the dealerships, all in all, are run by and led by men, uh, many of who have not realized that a big part of their audience or the people they sell to are women, and therefore they don't invest in teaching their team, uh, whether it be on the phone or whether it be right there in the dealership, how to uh, really treat the female buyer or even when the woman comes along with a, a male counterpart. Well, well, let me let me ask you this. If, if, if the data is showing, you know, as you stated, that clearly the, the power lies in women when it comes to to car purchases why why are the why are the the dealers the leaders i guess specifically why are they missing what what aren't they getting about that message well i think that they're they're very first of all the gms and partners slash owners are very busy with their bottom line and it's all about money that has not changed uh certainly it's still that bottom line but what i have seen is that um and I do sometimes blame it on the manufacturers. It's well known, and Marcus, you know this, 
all of a sudden they realize that there's a certain market or a trend that they feel is going to uh, buy more vehicles. I went through the period of where it was all about the Hispanic community. We need to we need to understand that Hispanic community. We need to sell to Hispanics. Then it was we need to sell to women. Now it's all about diversity. I get that. But what the manufacturers I found did not help the dealers in doing that. So there isn't really the training. So the so, dealer so now think, said, oh, we've got to sell to more women. Go ahead, Mark. So you think the response you, you think the responsibility falls on the more on the manufacturers than it does the leadership? Um in my findings, I feel that they send out bulletins and say you need to sell to more uh women, and I do not believe they give enough training or statistics or help for them to do that because I have met on occasion the uh, so-called person in charge of increasing sales to women. And I was way more advanced in my uh, research. I did not work for the manufacturer. So I feel that they put a lot on the dealer. Uh, many take the initiative themselves. I know many dealerships were like, oh, yes, we need to find out how we can serve women better, how we can get more women to not only work here, but to buy here. So I do put a little bit of pressure on manufacturers. And that's not very uh, uh, diligent or very responsive from me because I test drive cars and they all come from manufacturers. Right. So don't tell anybody that. All right. <laughs> right. Well, 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 let me ask you this: without, without sort of calling out the, the the manufacturers that you don't that you don't think do a good job uh, when it comes to mm -hmm. to reaching, are there some brands that you think do a, a good job as opposed to those that don't do a good job? What is or is it yes. okay? Great. And, and so can you provide an example for me of a brand that you think does a good job and why do they do a good job? What's their what's their key to I, success? Oh, what their key to success? Interesting enough, Subaru. And you'll go, what? Right. <laughs> Subaru, why? Um, that would be probably if if you were not in the industry, that might be that might be the last one you would choose as they pretty much always show that it's an adventure. You know, that Subarus are great for that, that all of this. However, Subaru in their, um, I want to say their advertising and marketing have done the best job ever towards women because they are all about animals. Subaru donates so much to uh, adopting uh, animals, dogs. Uh, you can go uh, auto show in Phoenix. Subaru had a booth. It wasn't all about their cars. They had an adoption center sent up for pets. There were more people looking at Subarus because of that. So I believe that when you know what women are interested in outside of how the car runs, how much cargo space there is, you have captured your female audience. And Subaru has done an excellent job. And, and second to that would probably be Lexus. And that is a very important to know. And Lexus knows their market. They are a female brand. They sell more RX 350s than any other SUV to women. And they have a, they make women feel very um, luxurious, more so than Cadillac, more so than maybe Infinity, and that's that's my findings. You you uh, Mark you here. talk you talk a lot about you mentioned the, the the Subaru and their sort of this social engagement, and you you talk a lot about the importance of that social engagement as it relates to uh, connecting with women in an authentic way. Can you? 
Can you elaborate on that? Because I know you've mentioned that before. Yeah. So um, I wrote a book, uh, Marcus, A Woman's Guide to Buying a Car with Confidence and Street Smarts. Don't let these high heels fool you. And without going into what the book is about, it is empowering females, uh, consumers, uh, so that they know what to expect. I do not throw dealers under the uh, bus. Oh, my goodness. I love dealers. It is just a guide for women to let them know um, basically how they can negotiate, etc. And one of the things in all of my research is when I uh, go into training the dealers on how to have women buy from them. You notice I never say how to sell to women. Do not like the terminology. How to have women buy from you. And what I have found in my research is that women are more apt to purchase a vehicle even if it's more expensive than their neighbor down the street, they are going to pay more if they know that the dealer is involved in the community. And it can be as simple as the local baseball team or a nonprofit, whether it be the Heart Association or a more local nonprofit. And it isn't because they're putting plaques on the wall uh, saying we donated to the hospital, etc. It is getting involved in the community, whether their employees work on the weekend at uh, Thanksgiving, uh, soup kitchen, etc. Those are the kind of things that women are uh, will pay extra for, knowing that they are involved in the community and into uh, society. So, so are you are, are you saying that that men care less about those things when it comes to? To, to that kind of connection to a uh, dealership? Well, Marcus, I am not going to, you know, categorize all men that they are not interested in it, but that would not be number one on their list. Where if I listed three things women care about when they're uh, shopping at a dealership versus what three men care about, um, it would be different. There is no doubt. Um, you and I, Marcus, in a conversation we had a while back, we talked about the challenge I was given by Porsche for the CSI. Right. And I believe that's a true example of what was of interest to women versus men. Can, can, you, t can you talk about that briefly? Briefly, I will. Porsche challenged me and said, if a man and a woman walk into a Porsche dealership, they buy the same vehicle at the same time of day, the same salesperson. They paid the same price and they walked out happy. They received back in the mail. Men give a 10 in their experience and women give an eight. And Portia wanted to know why. And the answer was very simple. The woman may have gone over to have a cup of coffee and there was creamer spilt somewhere along there and not cleaned up. They may have gone into the ladies room and been out of toilet paper. They may have gone into the nursery if there was one to pick up their children and saw dust on the floor. They gave an eight because women put more emphasis on the customer experience than they do the actual sale. Well, well, let me let me ask you this. So there seems, from what I'm gathering, there there is no sort of there is no one way of addressing this issue. Um, there seems to be a, a multitude of things that you were saying that a dealership uh, needs to do. But what are some of the, if you looked at it and you, and you said, okay, you know, these, these sort of social engagements are important. These, these um, sort of details in how well kept the, the dealership is or maintained. What are some other key things that you think are, are critical when it comes to a dealership better engaging women at the retail level? 
Um, you know, basically, I'm all about the customer experience. I used to call it customer service, which you always find, you know, in the service department is very important that where the dealerships make their money is in fixed ops, you know, in the in the service area. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, I covered that in the book. Women know that for sure. I believe that uh, women would like to see more women in positions in dealerships. I believe that um, I devised something for a high-end dealer group that they did not follow, by the way, because they said, if you had all the money in the world, Kathy, what would you change? And I said, here's what women would like to see different, that there are not men and women hanging out in front of the dealership waiting to, as women refer to, jump on them for a sale. So I recommend that there be a concierge, uh, everyone inside, they can still use the up system, but that a concierge greet them at the door and say, are you looking to purchase a vehicle? If not, can I help you? I want them matched up with the right salesperson. And that is something that I think would work. So if I come into the dealership and I want to work with a woman, I want to be able to go and say to that concierge or the receptionist, I'd really like to work with a female. Or if I'm someone that is all about technology at my age, I'm going to ask for somebody, you know, because I'm looking to buy the newest and the greatest infinity. I want to speak to someone who has probably a little younger, more technology background than sales background. So these are the kind of things that I believe could change the way a dealership uh, operates, how they could entice more women. And uh, Marcus, you know that I developed a 10 by 10 when someone becomes her certified and we're not going to go into No, please, that let's talk about t- talk about the her certified. Can you yeah, just ex- explain that a, a little bit if you would. And and quickly, her certified is a company I founded 5 years ago after writing the book and realizing that it's great to write a book and help women. I need to help dealers understand what women want in a car buying situation. So I developed a a program. First, it was me speaking. I was the only one. And then I realized we need to do this online so I can get to the, to the masses. And, and that was done. But um, one of the things is what I call a studio and it's the her certified studio. And I have a Lexus dealership that proudly has it in there, in there. It's a 10 by 10. And it is uh, basically an advertisement for me. (laughs) But what it is saying is this dealership is her certified. We've gone through training. We, every employee reads Kathy's book. Uh, We employ females. We have, um, we will treat you properly. And if not, we'll call Kathy and she'll get after us. So it is a a form of a JD powers, but certainly not with the, (laughs) the engine power uh, behind that. So I have made and designed what I believe uh, could make a dealership extremely successful if they realized uh, that they have they will have more women come there. You know what? It, so I yeah, no, if uh, not to do it, but one of the things I want I want to talk about briefly is the, the the core elements of of this the Hertz Certified, which is honesty, excellence, and respect. Those are some fundamental right. ideas that that I've heard you speak about quite a bit. Why are those elements important as it relates to these this automotive retails uh, leadership and sales associates being more effective in 
in engaging women buyers? Thank you, Marcus. That is an excellent question. And, and I'm happy to say um, the her, fortunately, you know, I got the her first and then I said, oh, this is perfect because what women want is honesty and they want respect. If you ask a woman, and, and again, of course, all my research comes to this, is that that is one thing that women feel they've always lacked is respect when they've gone into a dealership to purchase a vehicle because traditionally the salesperson would look around and say, well, why don't we just wait till your husband comes in or are you expecting your dad to help you? So respect for who that woman is, no matter if they're dressed like you think that they don't have a, a dime to their name or they pull in with a Rolls Royce. And I've got every story for every one of those scenarios, trust me. So I think with the respect, that's what women want. Um, obviously, when I say the E for excellence, that's excellence in customer service and um, respect, obviously, honesty. With those three core values, I built a training program around it and using examples such as um, who has the best customers, so who has the best customer service and treats their people the best. And I use Starbucks, Amazon, Apple, and Ritz-Carlton as examples. And in each one of those corporations, businesses, there are things that they do that are very appealing to women. And I won't go into that now, but you can only imagine each one brings, I tell a story about Ritz-Carlton that resonates so much with the sales team, they're blown away. It's because each employee at, uh, at the hotel is given $2,000 a day to make sure that a customer, that a guest does not leave unhappy. And I have stories on that and we won't go into wow. it. We don't have the time. Right. But I pose that to the salespeople and go, if you were given imaginary $2,000, how would you change the way that person should not walk out of that dealership? But you have to be honest. And women like to talk. Women like to tell a story, whether it's about the first car they bought, how they were ripped off by the second car they bought, or how they just lost their husband and they are now widowers. I don't want women taken advantage of. And this is what my program, I believe, instills. And the same Lexus dealership that has the exhibit is probably has the highest CSI right now. I'm not saying it's because of what they've learned from me. But I know it has a lot to do with it. So um, did I answer your yeah, question sure. about the ATR? Absolutely. Marcus? Absolutely. Okay. So, so you talk about you in, in, I think we have time for one more question, but you talk about this idea of being a disruptor in the space. Uh, how, how would you recommend that those in leadership begin this disruption needed or begin the disruption needed to be more effective in reaching women buyers? Or does it lie in the leadership? Is it, is it the sales associate that sorts it? sort of starts that spark. It, yeah, it lies in the, it, there is no doubt it lies in the leadership. And after doing, you know, when COVID hit, I was getting calls from women nonstop. And they were saying, Kathy, I will never buy at such and such dealership in Arizona. And I'm going, okay, why not? Well, no one had a mask on when I went in. I said, really? That's interesting. Um, and you want them to have a mask on. She goes, you know, it was like in the throes of it, For Marcus. Sure. It wasn't in the beginning. And um, and uh, or before a dealership decided to do everything online. And I said, well, did you go and say to them, 
No one is wearing a mask. And that is why I am leaving and you are not getting my business. She goes, oh no, I called you. That is a big problem with women. And that's where the disruption needs to happen is if you do not, women, men will complain immediately. Women go home. They tell nine of their friends never to buy at that dealership because of this, this, and this, rather than going right direct to the people who should care. So how will my, how would the GM at that store, because I called him, how did he know that he needed to have masks on everyone and that he was turning people away? And I said, well, if you didn't know that, you're so caught up in everything and no one employed by you told you that and your ad agency didn't tell you that and your corporate office didn't tell you that, I'm telling you that. Well, you need to wear, it says, um, tomorrow I am get, I'm ordering a thousand masks. I said, and make sure you get it with your logo on it so that we become walking billboards. He goes, okay, thank you. So, well, let me, let's, let me ask that question from the same question from a different perspective. Let me ask the question. If, if, if sure. I am in the leadership position, if I am a GM at a, at a dealership and I am, mm -hmm. I realize the importance I now realize the importance. Uh, I'm late to the game. I now realize the importance of better of coming up with a more effective strategy or means the way that I can connect with women buyers. Um, how do I begin the disruption within the dealership? Um, if I were that general manager and I decided that this was something I was going to dedicate time and to, and that I, I would find someone who knew, and I'm not saying me, but I'm saying that needs to sit down with his employees and ask them, what do you see? That, that's the other problem. GMs make these decisions based on, you know, what they know or what they're told they need to know. And sometimes your employees are your best reference for what they need to do. Because they, because I'm complaining to the salesperson and I walk out and if that salesperson doesn't go in and say, you know what, that's the third person who left because we weren't wearing masks. I don't think that would be a problem. I don't, I think that a GM needs to source his own people and then you can always seek out um, someone that knows the industry just a little bit better. But an easy fix is I went into a dealership and he said, he said, Kathy, I donate almost $450,000 a year to the local hospital. So I said, does anyone know that? And he goes, well, we put a big check on the wall by the bathroom. And I said, okay, well, maybe you should have an event. Maybe you should have something where you welcome women, which is something I do, heels, horsepower, and heroes, is that women don't want to walk into a dealership necessarily because they're afraid they're going to be pounced on and they're going to be cheated out of something. So if you make your dealership, Mr. General Manager, and you decide to have, I don't know, a, um, a book reading or a famous author come in from that area, and you invite women off of your list, you invite women only, let's say, to come in and sit down and have a glass of champagne or coffee. We give you a little bit of food and you get to listen to this local author. We never, and never ask them to buy a car. That is how you engage women. And that is what GM should know. Well, 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 well th thanks, Kathy. This has really been some, some great insight. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to join us and, and, and giving us some insight on this, which really is, is going to be, I think, 
you know, as as the market changes, going to be pivotal to to the survival of many dealerships. Marcus, you are so right, because during COVID, many, a female in particular, discovered Carvana and Vroom. And that's a whole other podcast, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, thanks again, Kathy. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Marcus. And I so appreciate you letting me, um, asking me those very important questions. And you have a wonderful day. You as well. Now, back to the noise. Oh, no. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? 